are on the line. Live on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga and in Auburn on ESPN 1067 or online on FoxSports983.com and ESPNAU.com. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Daw. Join the show by calling in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7500. You're on the line on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Number to call, 334-321-1390. Noah Gardner with you on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Number to call, 334-321-1390. That'll put you through to us here on On The Line. Call during the commercial breaks. We've got a fun show packed for you guys today here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Georgia capturing its first national championship in 41 years with a 33-18 win over Alabama. What were your takeaways from the game? We want to hear from you. Once again, call us during the commercial breaks. I'll be going through that today here on the show. And I'm going to give you my takeaways coming up in just a few minutes, as well as we will have Jacob Hillman, the Auburn Jungle President, and Weagle 91.1 FM Sports Director with us at 2.30. And then Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com at 3.30 Coming up here once again on the show, they're going to talk to us about the national championship as well as the latest going on in the sports world. Once again, the phone number to call 334-321-1390. Going through last night's national championship game, I've got you some takeaways here from last night's game. This all Georgia win 33-18. Georgia last night changed its tactics From the SEC title game, the Bulldogs were much more aggressive last night than we saw them in the SEC championship game. It was evident that they were going to come after Bryce Young all night long, all evening. That was what they were going to have to do. And we talked about if there was going to be a way that Georgia won last night, if there was going to be a way that Georgia won, they were going to have to affect Bryce Young. That was what they were going to have to do. They knew that was their only hope to limit. That was their only hope was that if they were able to limit what Bryce Young did and they were able to affect him last night, plain and simple, they were able to affect him. I thought Bryce Young was still, I thought he played still very well last night. He just didn't get a whole lot of help from his teammates. That was one of my keys for Georgia beating Alabama. Alabama picked up the blitzes fairly well. Georgia blitzed a lot last night. I thought Alabama picked up the blitzes fairly well, but even though Alabama gave Young enough time to get the ball out, the degree of difficulty on the throws was absurd. Absolutely absurd. It was catastrophic that Jamison Williams was hurt for Alabama and the other receivers dropped passes all night long. You can make the argument that the aggression made the difference in last night's football game. It gave young receivers less time to get separation, which created more drops. It forced one or two more errant throws that could have been big plays, game-changing plays, or touchdowns. That's, that's just the story of it. it you know, the, the pressure really did completely change from the first game to the second one, and it, and it messed everything up for Alabama last night. 
Alabama still had big plays in the passing game all night long. They had four different receivers average more than 15 yards per reception. Bryce Young still helped this team have nearly 400 yards total. Over 350 passing yards. It just wasn't consistent enough because he didn't have enough help. He didn't. That's just the story of last night. He didn't have enough help. There were game-changing plays that didn't didn't happen for Alabama, and they did for Georgia. Georgia was able to make that happen because of the pressure that they put on Bryce Young all night long. And we talked about that going into the football game. It was, you know, yesterday we said, look, if Georgia's going to win the game, they're going to have to put pressure on Bryce Young. They're going to have to affect him and limit what he does on the football field. And Georgia didn't do that in the SEC championship game. They did that last night. Second point here, second takeaway from the national championship game last night, Georgia was able to run the football, something else that I didn't think they were going to be able to do against an Alabama run defense that was holding opponents to less than three yards per carry. Although Stetson Bennett had a few mistakes and he was sacked five or more times, he looked more uncomfortable for the entirety of the night. And that was, or he looked more comfortable, excuse me, he looked more comfortable for the entirety of the night. And that was because he had run support. It wasn't all on his shoulders. Give him credit, though. He made the throws when it mattered, and I didn't think he would be able to do it. I did not think Stetson Bennett was going to be able to make the key plays when it came down to crunch time, and he did last night. It wasn't a good first-half run total for Georgia, and that was a big reason why they were still trailing, why they were having a hard time breaking through. But in the second half, Georgia was winning the battle in the trenches on both sides of the football. They were stopping Alabama's run game. They were getting pressure on Bryce Young on offense. They were able to run the ball effectively. Both James Cook and Zamir White had more than six yards per carry last night. First half wasn't great from an offensive standpoint, but Georgia executed much better than Alabama in the second half in all facets of the game. It's just absolutely the truth. Bryce Young played about as well as he could have under the circumstances. Folks will will look at the stat line last night and say this and say that, but Bryce Young played really well last night. He was making NFL-caliber throws all night long under constant duress. His lackluster completion percentage is due to the fact that his receivers were dropping passes all night long. Once Jamison Williams went down, the job got a lot tougher for Bryce Young, and he almost pulled it off. Alabama was getting to a point where they could have pulled away by multiple scores when Jamison Williams made that catch beyond midfield and then blew his knee out, or at least that's what it looked like. They were still able to get big plays in the passing game throughout the rest of the night, but it wasn't consistent enough. Like I predicted, he got little to no help. Alabama only had 30 yards on 28 carries across the entire night. Abysmal. The game completely flipped from the first time around. Stetson Bennett wasn't getting help in the first game. Now it was Bryce Young not getting help. I thought Alabama was going to have just enough outside of Bryce Young to be able to win this game, whereas that is not the case last night. I was wrong about last night's performance. And I'm okay with admitting that I was wrong about last night's performance. Georgia played a really good second half, a really good fourth quarter. And that's how they're crowned national champions for the first time in 41 years. 
Last point here, Stetson Bennett made the plays, and now he's going down to the Georgia football history books. A story of perseverance reached its peak last night for the Georgia, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Stetson Bennett is not anywhere near the top of the list of Georgia quarterbacks all time, but he is in select company that led them to a national championship. He'll be remembered, and he is not going to have to buy anything wherever he goes. He is not going to have to buy his own drinks in dog country. I said that I had more confidence of Bryce Young to make the place to win the game last night, but I was wrong, and that is what is beautiful about sports. The game still has to be played, and anything can happen. And that's exactly what happened last night. And granted, Georgia was favored two and a half points. I didn't think they should have been favored. And I think if this game is played 10 times, it probably goes, and with everybody healthy, it probably goes five and five for each of these teams. It probably goes five and five. That's how tight these two football teams were. And that's why it was 26 to 18. And that's why it was such a great national championship game going down to the wire. You break it down in the way that and how talented these two teams were and you break it down and how close it was, it really did come down to the trenches last night. It really did. And George ended up winning in a big way in that area, which is why they were able to win the football game. Credit to Georgia for making the adjustments from the first game to the second game, changing its tactics, saying, look, we got to be more aggressive. We can't let them sit back there and throw. And I do think the Jamison Williams injury changed a lot of things last night for Alabama. If Jamison Williams had stayed healthy, does Alabama win the football game? I think so, but I'm not going to make excuses. Still credit to Georgia and what they were able to do. It just looked like Alabama was getting ready to pull away. They were getting big plays in the passing game. It looked like they were getting ready to go up by two touchdowns. And if Alabama got up by two touchdowns, if they were, if they were able to score in one of their red zone trips that they, that they had to kick a field goal, I think last night changes the score changes tremendously because Georgia's not in a position in the fourth quarter at that point I don't think to be able to make a comeback or if they are coming back from down two touchdowns I, I, I'm not sure if they're able to hold off Alabama for long enough so the Jamison Williams injury did change things drastically last night which is tough to take if, if you're an Alabama fan, knowing that it could have been a little bit different last night had everybody stayed healthy. But that's kind of been a story for Alabama this year is not being able to stay healthy. Losing John Mechie, losing Jamison Williams, losing Josh Job, losing Jalen Armour Davis. Those types of things affect the team. And Georgia won the war of attrition that is a 15-game college football season. And they made the plays when it mattered down the stretch. Georgia's depth and Georgia's talent outside of the quarterback position helped them win last night. But once again, you got to give Stetson Bennett a lot of credit last night. Don't write off players like Stetson Bennett who maybe aren't the most talented quarterbacks in the world. And I wrote him off. I did not think that he was going to be able to do it last night, but he did it. He made the throws. He didn't have to make a ton of them, but he made just enough. And that's how good Georgia was outside of him yesterday evening. Let's take a quick break here on On the Line, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk the national championship game. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Happy Tuesday to, to everybody out there. Post-national championship game, now we are fully into the offseason in college football. 
Talking the national championship game with you today. If you want to call in, 334-321-1390 is the number to call. We want to hear from you. Call us during the commercial breaks. That'll be how you can get put through to us here on On the Line today. We were just talking takeaways from the national championship game tonight. Georgia changing its tactics. I felt like completely from a defensive standpoint from the first game to the second one, they were a lot more aggressive last night. It was evident that they were going to come after Bryce Young. And they were successful at it. I thought Alabama picked up the blitzes fairly well. It wasn't perfect by any means by the offensive line, and it did not play as well as it did at the SEC championship game. But they did well enough just to give Bryce Young enough time to get the ball out. And he was making some incredible throws all night long. The receivers just weren't getting enough separation, and they weren't catching them. It was clear the Jamison Williams injury was going to be catastrophic as soon as it happened, and Georgia was able to capitalize on it. It was absolutely a great football game last night at the National Championship. Over the next 12 minutes, we're going to be talking about the Iron Bowl of basketball tonight at Coleman Coliseum. Coming up at 2.30, we'll have Jacob Hillman, the Auburn Jungle President, with you at Weagle 91.1 FM Sports Director. As well as coming up at 3.30, we will have Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com with us on the show those guys are going to be helping us talk about everything going on with the basketball game tonight as Christian Clemente is on his way up to Tuscaloosa, as well as Jacob Hillman is already in Tuscaloosa. So a lot of great stuff coming up. But now we're going to give you a scouting report on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Auburn basketball, number four in the country, heading to Coleman Coliseum for a road rivalry battle tonight with the 24th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Before we get to that, let's take a listen to the Radio Alabama Sports Minute and take a look at the headlines going on in sports. I'm Noah Gardner with your Radio Alabama Sports Minute. The Georgia Bulldogs in a 41-year drought after winning the college football playoff national championship over Alabama 33-18. With 10 minutes and 14 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, Alabama held an 18-13 lead over the Bulldogs following a Stetson Bennett turnover that led to the Alabama score. But it was Georgia who scored the remaining 20 points with Stetson Bennett tossing two touchdown passes and the final frame and Keeley Ringo taking the game-sealing interception to the house with under a minute to go. Bennett finished the night going 17 for 26 for 224 yards and two touchdowns. The Georgia running game put up 140 total yards on 4.7 yards per carry and one touchdown credited to Zamir White who finished with 84 yards. For Alabama, Bryce Young finished 35 for 57 with 369 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. With Jamison Williams going down with an injury in the second quarter, it was tight end Cameron Latu who stepped up with some big plays in the passing game. Hall again, five catches for 100 two yards and a touchdown it's georgia's third national championship in program history buckle up for some exciting college basketball tonight number four auburn heads to coleman coliseum to play number 24 alabama at 8 p.m on espn with the tigers looking to get out to a 4-0 start in sec play i'm noah gardner and that's your radio alabama sports minute now let's look at the headlines there. Latest in college football with the national championship last night as well as tonight's basketball game on the road at Coleman Coliseum. Now let's get into that scouting report on the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Alabama basketball team, the reality of this is this is a team that epitomizes living and dying by the three. It's just the truth. Alabama men's basketball this year, more so than last year, this is a less complete team than they had last year. This is a team that epitomizes living and dying by the three. Amazingly, they are 13th in the nation in three-point attempts. 
but they're only 226th nationally in three-point percentage. They love to shoot it, but they really don't actually shoot it that well. And when they don't do it well and they're shooting it a ton and they don't have you know, they, they don't have the two-point percentage to back it up either, it's going to cost them games, and it has cost them games against inferior competition. They have been really inconsistent down the stretch. They had a pretty good SEC resume before they lost to Missouri. They still do have, if not one of the best, or if they don't have the best, they have one of the best win resumes in all of college basketball with wins over Houston, Gonzaga, and Tennessee. Then add Florida to that. They have four excellent wins in college basketball. But they also have some mind-boggling losses to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. And that's what's got Alabama 24 right now instead of being inside the top 10. They have lived and died by the three this year. The front court, second part on Alabama here in the scouting report, the front court has its issues. They are a good offensive rebounding team. They put a lot of energy on that side of the floor, sitting at 20th in the nation in offensive rebounds per game, which may be a problem for Auburn because Auburn, believe it or not, with as good of a rebounding team as they have been at times this year, they do allow opponents to get that they're, they're outside the top 200 in terms of opponents being able to gather offensive rebounds. So they do allow opponents to get after them on the glass. And I think Alabama will get some second-chance opportunities tonight. But the times that they're not, it's hurting them on the defensive end of the floor in the transition game. That energy that they exert, those numbers that they're committing to the glass, those guys aren't getting back on defense and teams are beating them, which is why Alabama is 271st nationally in opponent two-point percentage at 210th nationally in opponent field goal percentage. Katie Johnson coming into the game a little hot after this past Saturday against Florida where he had 23 points. I wouldn't be shocked if Katie Johnson thrives in tonight's game because of the transition game. And Alabama's just not getting back on defense right now. They're exerting a lot of energy and effort on the offensive end of the floor without putting the same amount of energy and effort into the defensive end of the floor. Big reason why Missouri on Saturday night scored 92 points on them. That that Missouri team has been absolutely atrocious all year long offensively. Conzo Martin teams do not score 92 points. That's an area where I think Auburn's going to be able to explore tonight. Continuing on with the front court issues on the offensive end of the floor, this is a good thing for them. They're they're 12th nationally at two-point percentage. They actually are are really good at scoring inside the arc. And I I think these front court players that they have with Noah Gurley and Betty Ako and and this group of players in the front court, I I do think they have some good offensive skill sets, offensive rebounding and being able to actually score down low. But they don't get a ton of opportunities to do that. They're 213th nationally in two-point attempts. They just don't go inside that often. That's not the focal point of this offense. The focal point of the offense is the guards and their ability to get to the bucket. And those guys are great at scoring and finishing around the rim. But that may be a problem for them tonight, considering they're giving up a lot of size to Auburn's front court. That is one of the best shot-blocking teams in college basketball. Will guys like Javon Quinterly and... Shackelford and J.D. Davison and Keon Ellis, will those guys be able to finish up and around Auburn's length at the rim with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and Jalen Williams and all those different guys who are able to average more than two blocks a game? Have Auburn at the top of the country in blocks. Offensively, I think Bama, I think they're going to shoot better tonight. I expect Alabama to have a pretty good offensive night just because they're at home on their home floor. And when they're on, they're on. It doesn't matter how good of a defensive performance you're playing. 
But that's going to be an area that Auburn's going to be able to exploit is that front court. And then as far as how their opponents have rebounded this year, Alabama is 329th nationally, 329th. There's 358 teams. They're 329 out of 358 in allowing opponents to get offensive rebounds. As we know, this is something that Auburn excels out and something that Auburn can exploit. So I think Auburn's going to get second chance, second chance points tonight. There's going to be some buckets made this evening. This is a front court that has been bullied at times, Alabama's that is, and Auburn can bully it making it a liability against a front court such as Auburn's. Moving along to something else on the scouting report for Alabama tonight. They defend the three-point shot well. This is why tonight may be a little bit maybe a little bit closer than Auburn fans want it to be. And honestly, Auburn could lose tonight. I, I do not like to match up for Auburn this evening. I'm not overly confident about Auburn and Coleman Coliseum, and I'll expound upon that in a second. But they defend the three-point shot well. Alabama's 70th nationally defending the three. They hold opponents to about 30%. And Auburn's just not as good away from home. I, th- I thought they played really well on the road at South Carolina, but we know this. This year, they're just not as good shooting the basketball away from home. We've seen it. And I think they're getting better at it. And most teams aren't as good shooting the basketball away from home. The backdrop's different. They're just not used to it. Hostile environment. Opposing teams play better on defense at home. All the above. It's not something that I'm faulting Auburn for. It's just something that you should be aware of going into tonight is that Alabama plays actually really really solid perimeter defense they take away the three-point shot and that's something that Auburn goes to a lot which is why I don't think this is a great matchup for Auburn I understand why many folks see this as a potential upset and why Alabama is favored going into tonight's game this is Auburn's greatest challenge yet this season Alabama and and here's some reasons why I think tonight's going to be close and why I don't I don't like this matchup for Auburn Alabama is going to play loose because they have nothing to lose right now They want to win this game so bad. They want to irk Auburn fans. Honestly, the national championship game last night may have a little bit to do with it. Alabama over here wants to go and make a point on the basketball floor. Auburn has been by far the better team this year, and they're probably tired of hearing about it. And Auburn will still be, after tonight, regardless of the result, Auburn will still be and should be ranked higher than Alabama and has been the better basketball team and the more consistent basketball team this year. But man, wouldn't that just irk a lot of Auburn people if Alabama won tonight? That Auburn couldn't beat them, even with this talented of a team that they have? So Alabama's going to play hard tonight. It's just the truth. They are going to give Auburn their best game of the season because they know how sweet it would be for them to knock off their rival at home at Coleman Coliseum. I expect Alabama to shoot the three well tonight. They played well offensively against Missouri, so we know that they are in rhythm coming into tonight's game, and now they're at home. Just like Auburn, they're going to be hitting their shots at home, which is going to keep Alabama in the game because they're going to be knocking down a lot of threes. With Auburn having smaller guards, opposing teams at times this year have been able to hit those shots, even contested with how good Auburn's backcourt is at playing defense. So prepare yourself. Tonight is going to be, or should be, I'm expecting it to be a pretty good game. A close, competitive basketball game. Last point here about why I don't like this matchup. Alabama is one of the better three-point defenses in college basketball. I just established that. But if Auburn doesn't work for shots in the paint, where I already established that Alabama is one of the worst defensive teams in terms of two-point percentage earlier, once again, going back to Alabama this season is 271st nationally in opponent two-point percentage. If Auburn doesn't work for those shots, if Auburn doesn't bully them down low, and instead Auburn's just shacking up threes like we've seen at times under Bruce Pearl coach teams, Tonight's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. Auburn is a great team. 
Turnovers have been a problem, and shot selection have been a problem at times when they get leads. But Auburn is still a great team, and it's the little things that separate the great teams from being one of the elite. Auburn is now ranked number four in the country. Auburn is on the two-line in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. They very much so have the ability to be a one-seed this year. They do. Auburn, with wins like this, can assert themselves as one of the elite in college basketball. But you've got to win games like this with consistency. And right now, Auburn is one of the few teams in college basketball to have a shot at a one seed. And with every loss that you take, it's, it drops your chances drastically to get that one seed. These are the types of games that you got to win. From a national perspective, Auburn loses some respect with a loss tonight. That makes it a little bit more important, I think, for Auburn to win the game. Auburn loses some respect nationally if they lose this game. Whereas Alabama, we still know what they are. They can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody. If Auburn loses, it's not the end of the world, but I want to continue to see this team take the next step. And that starts by winning in Coleman Coliseum in a game where you can say, eh, this team's this is a bad matchup for Auburn. One and a half point dogs going into tonight's game on the road. And I think Auburn's a better basketball team, but you do have to look at the matchup. You have to look at the motivation for Alabama. You have to look at the fact that it's on the road, and you can tell that this is going to be a tough game for Auburn. And if Auburn wins it, I think people should start talking about Auburn as one of the elite in college basketball. Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back. You're on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Noah Gardner with you for the Tuesday edition of On the Line. 30 minutes in the books already. Just a fantastic show just in the making here. And 30 minutes into the show, as promised, Jacob Hillman, Auburn Jungle President and WGL 91.1 FM Sports Director with me on the show today. Jacob, you are in Tuscaloosa. How's it going, man? It's great. Boots are on the ground. I'm seeing all kinds of Auburn fans making their way. Uh, to T-Town, and I'm looking forward to a great atmosphere tonight. After last night's national championship game, what's the vibe like in T-Town? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird. It's just, you know, it's unusual. Uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, my Alabama friends are saying, yeah, this is way different than, than usual because obviously Alabama's used to winning those games. They haven't lost to Kirby Smart ever until last night. So, yeah, it, it's. I don't think it's really going to bog down the basketball game at all. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely a little, little down. Before we talk about the national championship game, I do want to ask you, do you think last night's result will have any impact on Alabama's performance in the basketball game tonight? Not from a negative standpoint, but do you think it adds maybe some motivation? Not really. I don't think the basketball team cares much about what happened last night. They know that they have the number four team in the country coming in and and Auburn's on an 11-game winning streak. They, they, they want to win this game regardless of the result of last night. Uh, with that being said, I think maybe the, uh, the fans, that might be uh, more impactful because, hey, they want to have something positive after this week. So a win over Auburn would obviously be extremely positive for them. Talking about last night's national championship game, what were some of your takeaways as Georgia took home the title? 
Well, yeah, I, I, what I looked at was Alabama's running game just did never got they averaged three yards per carry. Of course, Bryce Young got sacked a bunch, had negative 43 rushing yards because of that. I wish college football would not count sacks as rushing yards, but it is what it is. And, you know, I really think that when I look back at the SEC championship, Alabama was able to have explosive runs, several plays of uh, several rushes of more than 10 yards. Last night, I think that I had a few from Brian Robinson, and that really didn't amount to much. So, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway was Alabama not being able to run the ball. Of course, we should have known that going up against that tough Georgia front seven. So, two two times in a row, I did, it, we should have known that Alabama was going to be able to get the running game going. How big is this title for Georgia, and what are the odds that this turns into a little bit of a dynastic run? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say because, obviously, Georgia recruiting well. Kirby Smart is a heck of a head coach, and that was one of the final humps he had to get over was beating Nick Saban in Alabama. So, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily going to go on a dynasty run, but it could be similar to what Clemson did uh, in the mid-2010s. And obviously, Clemson could bounce back uh, themselves this coming up year, but we don't know if they're done yet. But I don't know about – I don't know about what this leads into for Georgia. I definitely think that it's going to bring up the hype more. Obviously, now they did it. Now it's not the fact that they haven't won one since uh, 1980. They uh, finally beat Nick Saban in Alabama. So there's not really the, oh, it's Georgia. They're going to blow it like usual anymore. So there's going to be hype around that team. And and finally, people will actually buy into them in the uh, the offseason. It's kind of like when Clemson went out the window, right? Right, yeah, that's a good. That's a great comparison. I completely agree because, like, like I said, it turned right into uh, that dynasty. So, hey, maybe you're onto something there. Let's talk a little of Auburn basketball tonight. What is the call to uh, to Tuscaloosa tonight for the students as well as fans? You said that there's a lot of boots on the ground in Tuscaloosa. What type of environment are you expecting tonight in Coleman Coliseum? Right, we've been pushing it for a whole month now to invade Coleman Coliseum and and look we're talking about this because you know ticket prices and this is for non-students as well because ticket prices to get into Auburn Arena are pretty high and then obviously for the students uh, you got to line up pretty early so you know those road games are a big big opportunity to go see Auburn play basketball this is the cheapest game in the state of Alabama to see Auburn play basketball and then obviously the other road games you can still buy tickets on school so it's like Georgia in a month you, there's tickets available on uh, Georgia's website, and really, that's the big that's the message: is go see this basketball team on the road because you you make an impact. Coach Pearl, after every away game, when there's a good crowd, he talks about it. he calls them witnesses because you know it's not it's not necessarily the most impactful crowd in terms of what Auburn Arena is, but hey, the players notice, the coaches notice, everyone notices, and uh, that's a big deal for them to see that Auburn fans are out supporting them. But, of course, tonight, uh, I think there's going to be a good enough uh, showing to where the crowd can be a bit impactful. Talking tonight's Auburn basketball game with Jacob Hillman, the Auburn Jungle president, and Weagle 91.1 FM sports director. Of course, the fans have traveled for tonight's basketball game in Coleman Coliseum. Let's see, do you think the Auburn men's basketball team brings their A game tonight? Yeah, and I and I think they do. I think it's going to be a great game. Of course, Alabama's actually favored tonight. I think by three points. It opened up at one and a half, and now up to three points, which that's that's a little shocking to me, especially coming off that loss to Missouri. But Alabama's still a good basketball team, and obviously we've seen them uh, uh, play down their opponents and play up to their opponents. 
and it's going to be the same thing tonight. So Auburn bringing their A game is going to be such an important thing, especially against the Rockets environment. And I do think that uh, that Auburn is able to really play well. I think I, I think Nathan King talked about the turnovers has been a problem for Auburn. Obviously, hasn't cost the Tigers anything uh, so far in SEC play, but since SEC play uh, play has started. Uh, Auburn has, has turned the ball over a few times. Wendell Green and Zeb Jasper need to protect the basketball. Of course, Alabama's not uh, great at forcing turnovers, but if Alabama were to have a good night uh, getting steals, then a, you might see a big run that Auburn might not be able to overcome. So I think that's the big thing is just the guards making sure they control the basketball. Who needs tonight's win more? That's a tough one to say. I You know, I want to say Auburn just because I feel like with all this momentum, it would hurt so bad to go in and lose. But I also look at it from the fact that, yeah, you can look up. The road team rarely wins in this series. When Auburn was one on the road, it was when they went to the Final Four. Last year, Alabama won on the road for the first time in forever, and that was a, that was a, not a good Auburn team in Sharif Cooper's first game. So, you know, I, I look at it from that aspect as well and it makes me think Alabama probably needs it more coming off that loss to, to Missouri. Talking about the X's and O's of this basketball game, what's the X factor for you on the floor? Yeah, it has to be Walker Kessler not getting into foul trouble. Uh, we saw what happened against Florida, and, and Colin Castleton started to dominate that game in the second half uh, in the Florida-Auburn game. So I think if Kessler, obviously, Alabama doesn't have Colin Castleton. That, that's a big factor. But I still think that if they're able to get Walker Kessler in foul trouble, they'll have much more success. Uh, than if he's on the floor uh, for however long he can play. So I, I look at Walker Kessler making sure he stays uh, on the floor and he just does his thing like he did against LSU and against South Carolina. That's an area of the game that I did not consider. Auburn is a team that fouls more than most in college basketball with their aggressive defensive style of play. And typically the Iron Bowl of basketball features 50 free throws combined between these two teams. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll see what the – uh, how the officials start tonight, and you know SEC play. That's just you never know. Sometimes you'll get what you got in the first few minutes of the second half against Florida, where I think Florida was in the bonus with like 14 minutes left. Auburn wasn't too far behind, and you probably have a night where uh, they don't call anything, and you just got to deal with it. So you know the official, the officiating could have an impact on the game as well. Talking about officiating this year, college football comes to an end. We are a month back into college basketball, reunited with SEC basketball officiating. What is your take on the state of both of those games as far as collegiate officiating is concerned? Yeah, and I'll start off with college football. And, you know, I don't think this is, this is less of officiating than it is, you know, it's less officiating. It's more so about the rules, of course, targeting. That's something that hopefully we can continue to address and figure out so that it's not as, you know, you want to urge players not to tackle that way using the ground of the helmet. You want the form tackles, but you don't want the player being suspended for the first half of the next game or something like that. You know, my thought has always been kind of like basketball. It's like a technical foul. You do it twice, you're out. But if you are, if you mistakenly do it one time, you're still in, but it's a 15-yard penalty. When it comes to college basketball, I do look at that that first part of the second half against Florida when they were calling everything both ways. It wasn't just against Auburn or just against Florida. They were calling every little thing that could have been called. And the thing about basketball is that really kills the momentum. You you love the energy and the, the fast pace of basketball, 
well, officiating can really, really ruin that. So, and especially somewhere in you know, like Auburn Arena where Auburn feeds off that energy, that can really, really uh, make it tough for Auburn to win. Um, obviously, it's, Auburn has had quite enough success in Auburn Arena, but like I said, it just makes it a little bit more difficult when there's all these stoppages in play. Speaking with Jacob Hillman, the Auburn Jungle President and Weagle 91.1 FM Sports Director, I have a good feeling of who you are going to pick, but what is your selection <laughs> for tonight's basketball game in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, I'm going to pick Auburn to win. I think it's I think it's going to be it's not going to be quite as high scoring as last year, but I do think it gets up there in the in the mid to high 70s, maybe even a first team to 80 wins. Um, I, I, I think that Auburn wins it in a close one. I think probably like five or less. That's 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 my prediction. What is your opinion on this Auburn basketball team being able to finish as a one seed when the year rolls around? Auburn number four in the AP poll. Yeah, that that yeah, that's a that's a very fair and realistic thing that could happen this year, which is something crazy to think. I think that SEC regular season championship team, I think, you know, they were up there being projected as a three. And I think at one point they got up to a two seed in some projections, but obviously things went south for that team uh, towards the end of the season. So this year, obviously, I think it's a realistic shot. And I think that Auburn needs to keep improving the guard play. Like I mentioned earlier, the, the turnovers, that just can't happen. You're going to lose games on the road if you're turning the ball over. And if you go to, say, a Georgia or Missouri and lose those games, that's going to knock you off the one seed. So if you go into those games, win those, handle the, the lower uh, bottom tier SEC teams, and then obviously you're going to lose at some point in the SEC. And if it's, say, on the road at Tennessee, that's not a terrible loss. So I, I look at it from that standpoint that you can't have those bad losses, and I think this Auburn team has what it takes to, to not uh, go lose to bad teams. Jacob, where can people find you, my man? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. All the jungle social medias uh, at AU Jungle on Twitter and social media. Uh, we'll be bringing the heat for the next month and a half, or at least I guess two months, really, and hopefully into April. Jacob, I appreciate it, my man. Thank you very much. Now it's great to be on the line. That was Jacob Hillman here with us on ESPN 106.7. We'll be back. On the line on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM and ESPN 106.7. Ramp it up, hour number one of On the Line. A big thank you to Jacob Hillman of WEGL 91.1 FM. And the Auburn Jungle president with us back in that previous segment. If you missed any of that conversation, go and find it. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Before we get out of here for hour number one, let's take a listen to what's on TV tonight. 
Hey everybody, it's Noah Carter with What's On Tonight. The final chapter of This Is Us continues on NBC at 8 p.m. Over on CBS, it's new episodes of FBI, FBI International, and FBI Most Wanted from 7 to 10. A new episode of Judge Steve Harvey airs on ABC at 7. In live sports, buckle up for some exciting college basketball tonight. At 5.30 on SEC Network, South Carolina heads to number 22, Tennessee. Moving to the 6 p.m. time slot, number 19, Texas Tech, fresh off upset and Kansas looks to take down the top team in the country and the Baylor Bears on ESPN2. On ESPN, number 18, Kentucky is at Vanderbilt. At 7.30 on SEC Network, Ole Miss is at Texas A&M. Moving to the 8 p.m. time slot, number four, Auburn heads to Coleman Coliseum to play number 24, Alabama, at 8 p.m. on ESPN, with the Tigers looking to get out to a 4-0 start in SEC play. I'm Noah Gardner, and that's what's on TV tonight. Back live on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. That was once on TV tonight. Now let's talk about who needs tonight's win in the Iron Bowl of basketball more. We've been previewing for the last couple of segments Auburn basketball's big game headed to Coleman Coliseum as we're officially into the college basketball season. Now college football over. We're into the offseason. And now it is time for a lot of college basketball for me around for the next couple of months or so. And uh, we'll, we'll still continue to call to talk college football on the show, of course, and we'll continue to talk about the national championship from last night at the start of hour number two. But there's a big basketball game in the state tonight, and we're going to continue to break that game down. And I think there's an interesting little wrinkle in tonight's game of who needs tonight's win in the Iron Bowl of basketball more. And we asked this question to Jacob, and he said there's a feeling there that Auburn needs it. Alabama needs it too, but I think Auburn needs tonight's game more than Alabama does, and here's why. Auburn and this fan base, they've been through a lot. Let's let's just be honest. There's been five straight losses in football. The basketball team's doing really well right now. And you don't want to go into your rival's place with the way that you're playing basketball at this moment and have your hot streak quenched by Alabama. That is going to irk so many people on this level where, where you've got this good of a team that is capable of sweeping Alabama and you're unable to win tonight with the way that you're playing and the way that Alabama's playing at this moment. From a perception standpoint, I don't think it looks very, very good. If Alabama loses this game, it's not going to change people's perception of the team at all. They have lost to four unranked opponents, and they still hold one, if not the best. They hold one of the best resumes in college basketball in terms of wins. People still know what they've got in Alabama. We still know that Alabama is capable of beating everyone and losing to anyone. We know that. Whether they win tonight or lose tonight, nothing changes with the way that we view Alabama. None of that changes. So what does a win for Alabama tonight do other than give them another good victory and kind of help them get out of a bit of a slump? and avoid their first multi-game losing streak of the season. But even if they do lose to Auburn tonight, people expect this. People expect this loss. And nobody's going to really fault them for losing to a top-five team in college basketball. They can still get things right, even if they do drop to 11-5 tonight. It doesn't really change a whole lot for Alabama, whereas for Auburn, I think it does change some things, at least from a perception and a, and a respect standpoint in college basketball. If Auburn loses this game, the respect that Auburn is trying to earn as one of the top five teams in college basketball, it takes a big hit. 
We saw how long it took for Auburn to not just get inside the top 10 and how they were just kind of moving up a spot every week. And then once they got into the top 10, it was still just kind of a spot every week. They couldn't get past the wall that was Duke, Purdue, and Kansas in the rankings. And if Auburn loses, they may not get this opportunity to be this high in the rankings again for a little while. It may take them a little bit to get back to this point. And they may not be able to get back into the top five. I mean, I mean, if Auburn only loses two games this year, sure, they'll finish inside the top five. They will be a one seed. But I don't expect Duke, Purdue, Kansas to sustain that many more losses this year. They'll lose another couple of games or so. But I don't expect them to sustain that many more losses this year. These are the types of games that if you're Auburn, that separates you from getting onto that one seed line when you're playing basketball this well and you know that you're a more talented team than your opponent who just lost to Missouri and you know you can win games like this. These are the types of results that can separate you on a seed line from being a two or a one seed. Auburn could be a one seed in the NCAA tournament this year and every loss drastically drops your chances of claiming one of those four coveted seats. Every single loss. The margin of error to be a one seed is so slim. There are going to be five or six teams in tight contention at the end of this year for a one seed. There are. And Auburn beating Alabama or Auburn losing to Alabama don't tell me that oh, it's just one game. Every single game matters. Where do you draw the line with that type of argument? The moment you say, ah, it's just one game. They're all important. And Auburn has a really good basketball team this year a better basketball team I think than Alabama and they have a clear advantage in the front court and the backcourt's playing really well right now I think Alabama still got the better backcourt but Auburn has got a clear advantage in several areas in tonight's game that they should be able to win it's going to be a tough game but Auburn still should be able to win this game these are the types of ones that the elite in college basketball they don't lose at least they don't lose on a regular basis upsets happen yes we just saw Kansas lose to Texas Tech. Upsets do happen. But the elite in college basketball, the one seeds, these are the games that these types of teams win. And Auburn's trying to earn that respect. Additionally, it burns a heck of a lot more if Auburn loses to Alabama tonight rather than Alabama losing to Auburn. It does. I, th- I think it will burn Auburn people more if they lose than if Alabama loses. I think Auburn cares a little bit more going into this one. There's more pressure on Auburn than Alabama. This is one of the most anticipated seasons for this rivalry. You can't lose this game. Auburn sweeping Alabama this year and having a magical run in the NCAA tournament could significantly swing the needle in the rivalry, especially on the recruiting trail where Alabama has been all up in their business right now. Auburn has a chance to to build some ground in this rivalry. the line live on fox sports central alabama on 98.3 fm in birmingham and silicaga and in auburn on espn 1067 or online on fox sports 983.com and espnau.com you are on the line with noah gardner and lance daw join the show by calling in at 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Hour number two of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. It's been a fun show so far, and you missed any of it. 
Go and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Had Jacob Hillman of WGL 91.1 FM and the Auburn Jungle president with us at 2.30 and now coming up at 3.30 we'll have Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com to talk tonight's basketball game as well as last night's national championship. We'll start off hour number two at the phone lines. If you want to call in, 334-321-1390. That'll put you through to us here on On the Line. It calls during the commercial breaks as I'm still the lone soldier in the studio and we've got Terry on the line with us. Terry, how's it going? Great. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing real well. What's on your mind? Got a couple of things here. First of all, the game last night. If John Minchie and uh, Williams are both healthy, Alabama wins that game by two touchdowns or more. It, it, uh, even just, if Jamison Williams is healthy, I still think they yeah. win by two touchdowns possibly. I, I just, I mean, they're, they're, they're beating their chest up by Stetson Bennett. That, that guy is just, I'm sorry. That guy, I mean, he's a great story. It's probably going to be a movie or some Tom, Tom and all. They'll probably do some tear-jerking story about it. But I just, I just, that, no, no way. No, they didn't win because of him. They went in spite of him. I definitely think he made some big plays last night, but Bryce Young oh, no definitely – uh, I thought Bryce Young played really well yesterday evening. And they were up to win. Right, and I don't think his receivers helped him out. The pressure that Georgia brought, his offensive line didn't help him out. He had just enough time to get the ball out of his hands, but not enough time for his receivers to get separation or for them to make actually good catches. I mean, just there was a lot up against Bryce Young last night, whereas – Believe it or not, Stetson Bennett was a lot more comfortable yesterday evening than Bryce Young ever was. What do you think the chances of uh, Billingsley being there next year are? I don't. I think he's gone. The, the NFL draft are in the portal. I think a lot of Alabama players are, you know, they have so many that could come back. Like, Alabama could be really, really good next year, like even better than really they good. were this year. And I'm, I'm, I have no idea what they're going to do. No idea. I mean, uh, the whole band could come back. On the basketball game, let me tell you why this is the most important game of the year for Auburn. It's the most important because it's the next game. That's why it's the most important. And this is this is a big win. This will be a big win, hopefully, and they're set to be Duke because that's who they're trying to be. They're going to settle for a six and six win football team when football is the king of the king of the hill in, in Alabama with a with a little bit above average coach, maybe not maybe not average at best, basically. Um, they're this is this is why this game is is the biggest. They're trying to become Duke. We're we're going to the Birmingham Bowl or some bowl that nobody gives a rat's rump about. Really doesn't care. It really doesn't matter. And that, that football's king in this state. No, you know that. I do know that, and I, and I don't think Auburn's trying to be Duke. I'm not going to go that far. I know you well, know that. We disagree on that. That's who they're on the way to be. <laughs> Auburn definitely is right now this year. If you want to, Auburn's not a basketball school because, as you know, football is king in the state. That's what you just said. But Auburn's definitely there. There's definitely more fan support right now for what basketball is doing, and I think people definitely care a little bit more about what's going on in basketball whereas there's a little bit more apathy on the football side of things because people are tired of getting hurt. And I'm with you. That's why tonight is so important. Not only is tonight important because it's the next basketball game, not only is tonight important because these are the types of games that can decide whether or not you're a one seed or not, this game's important also because of who it is. It's Alabama, and Auburn fans care right now. They don't want to be hurt again. When you got to wonder about the attitude and the overall mindset down in Alabama and Ryan Horst is sitting in his couch last night watching his two biggest rivals play for the whole ball of wax, eating, a, eating cupcakes and a bowl of popcorn. So, I mean, who knows what he's doing. But I know, I know they weren't there, that's for sure. And, and while, while the king is in Tuscaloosa, Auburn was sore for being, what, the princess maybe? I think, look, Brian Horston probably, and I think he does care, and I, and I do think he should care that his two rivals were there. Brian Horston's doing good things on the recruiting trail, I think. And so I would just I would just be patient on that right now. Let's see how next year goes. Zach Galzada? 
there are more guys out there that Auburn's going to be bringing in, but I think Calzada can work. I know you may disagree with me on that, but I think he can work. Well, if, 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 if you're looking for a guy simply based on the fact that beat Alabama, why didn't you hire Hugh Freeze? <laughs> yeah, well, Auburn can't make those types of moves right now, Terry. With who Auburn's got, I know you're not happy about it, but with who Auburn's got right now at head coach, that's, that's, who, Auburn, that's who folks are going to have to ride behind. one word. Stuck. Take care, Noah. See you, Terry. That was Terry on the line with us. 334-321-1390 is the number to call if you want to talk to us on the show. I always love talking to Terry. I know a lot of I, I know we disagree on a lot of different issues, but I do like talking to Terry um, about the various things going on at Auburn Athletics. He brings up some some decent points, and so uh, I always do like talking to Terry and getting other people's viewpoints. If you want to call in, 334-321-1390. That'll put you through to us on the line. We will take your calls during the commercial breaks. That's when you should call into the show today. Iron Bowl of basketball tonight. He brings up a good point. Tonight's basketball game is important because it's the next game. That is the right attitude. Coaches will tell you that. Whenever I've ever interviewed coaches in the high school level, I ask them, I say, you know, what's what's so important about this game? Or phrase it some type of different way. You know, it could be a rival game or something like that. You you ask them the question, you know, what's important about this game? You know, what's the storylines going into it? Whatever's what's on your mind about it? And they say, well, it's important because it's the next game. Can't tell you how many times I heard that during football season this year. And it's the truth. It absolutely is the truth. It's important because it's the next game and every game is important. And that's why when I was saying at the end of hour number one, who needs tonight's win in the Iron Bowl of basketball more, it's my contingency that Auburn needs tonight more than Alabama does. Auburn has a real shot to be a one seed this year. And granted, you know, as far as easy an easy path to the to the Elite Eight, to the Sweet 16, as far as an easy path is concerned, there's not a ton separating one and two seeds. Those teams should make it to the Sweet 16, should make it to the Elite Eight in bracket theory. That that should be the truth. But it is a little bit easier of a path as a one seed. And from a respect standpoint, not only on the recruiting trail, which Auburn has a lot of respect there, but to continue to build in that area because right now Auburn is at a place that we haven't really seen before on the recruiting trail. They can continue to add to it, though. It can get better. They're in the running for guys that are at the top of the country they did bring in Jabari Smith who was a top five player nationally but they're in the running for the number one player in the 2023 class but let's don't just be in the running let's don't just be a team on the outside how can Auburn start to consistently take recruits away from Kentucky Duke Kansas how can Auburn wear the mantra of one of those new teams in college basketball that maybe supplants a blue blood in recruiting how can Auburn do that you do that by being a regular at the top of college basketball you do that by being a one seed you do that by regularly taking trips deep inside the NCAA tournament that's why games like this are so important and games like this you may say oh well there's you know 16 17 more games this season there's still a lot left to be played in the SEC there's the SEC tournament there's the NCAA tournament you know rankings don't matter blah 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 sure but every game matters every game matters because we could be looking back hindsight's 2020 but you can be looking back and we were talking about this during the Atlanta Braves run to the World Series and how it was getting down to the stretch of the pennant race and how the Braves are trying to win the NL East this year and we're looking back into April and May when the Braves were not playing good baseball and they were dipping below 500 on a regular basis and they were losing series to teams like the Marlins and to teams that were below 500 and were atrocious baseball teams last year and we were saying man only if the Braves could have had one or two of those series back the same thing can be said in football and in basketball. There's just fewer games. So that should tell you it's even more important. So don't tell me there's 16 more games in college basketball. Every game's important because if you say that enough times, you're going to be looking back eventually. If you say, oh, there's always another one, 
you're going to be you eventually you're going to be sitting at home and you're saying, "Man, I wish I had that one back," or "Man, I wish I had that one back." This is your rival, and I, I believe Auburn wants to go there, and I believe Auburn wants to cream them. I think Auburn's going to play a really good basketball game tonight. I also think Alabama's going to play a really good basketball game tonight. The t- timing is everything for Alabama basketball. When are they hot? When are they not? I said that last week on the show when we were talking about the games coming up this weekend. Timing is everything for Alabama basketball. When are they hot? When are they not? And despite losing to Missouri, their defense was not hot. Their defense was bad, but their offense played very well on the road against Missouri. And Missouri is not a good basketball team, but Alabama's at home tonight. I expect Alabama to be hot on the offensive end. And that's going to keep this thing, that's going to keep the Crimson Tide in at blow for blow with Auburn tonight. This game is very important for Auburn, I feel like, from a respect standpoint. Auburn's recruiting against Alabama on a game-to-game, day-to-day basis. This is an arms race in recruiting in the state of Alabama. Don't talk to me about history. Talk to me about the present time right now and the way that these two teams are recruiting against each other. And Alabama and Auburn are all up in each other's business, competing for each of you know, very similar, uh, you know, the same crop of recruits the, these guys are in on. Think about the recruiting battles that they've had. J.D. Davis that chose Alabama. Look at Alabama's recruiting class last year. It was nasty. Auburn's recruiting class was very good as well. Brown and Jabari Smith, right? But both of these teams are recruiting neck and neck right now. Look at Alabama's recruiting class for next year. It's nasty. And Auburn's doing things like that, but it's a lot closer than it was five years ago with the types of players that these two teams are bringing in, or three years ago even. Nate Oates has changed things in Alabama. And so for Auburn to want to swing the needle in their their favor in this rivalry, whereas right now I feel like it's pretty neck and neck, if Auburn wants to swing this thing in their favor, I mean, Alabama's the team who's most recently gone to the NCAA tournament. Alabama's the team who has most recently gone to the Sweet 16. And you could say, well, Auburn's most recently been to the Final Four. You got to do it again with consistency. Maybe not go to the Final Four, but you got to do deep tournament runs with consistency. You got to be a regular. You can't make, you, you, that cannot be a one hit wonder like thing for Auburn basketball. And I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm very high up on Auburn basketball. I enjoy watching them play. I think this is one of the best teams, if not the best team, to have ever worn the Auburn jersey. It really could be that way this year. I'm just trying to say, Auburn fans always like to talk about expectations and where we want to be. Auburn has a legitimate chance to put this basketball program amongst one of the top ten nationally. They can win like that on a year-in and year-out basis, and they could do that this year. And these games, these games matter. Not just because it's the next one. It is the next one, and every coach is going to tell you that, but there's a little bit more baked into this one tonight. It's going to be an excellent game. A lot to look out for tonight. I think it's bad. I'm not super excited about the matchup for Auburn, but it is going to be uh, – I think Auburn is going to play well. It's just I, I could see Alabama winning this one. There's a reason why they're favored. Let's get into making headlines. Making headlines. 
Starting off hour number two, as we normally do with making headlines, looking at the headlines going on in sports. Of course, it's pretty obvious what the headlines are today. Georgia captures its first national championship at 41 years with a 33-18 win over Alabama. Just had Terry on the line with us a few minutes ago talking about the national championship game. If you want to call in, call us during the commercial breaks, 334-321-1390. Takeaways from the national championship game last night. Look, yesterday... I made it a point to say that Bryce Young was going to win Alabama the football game. And going down to the last two minutes of the game, Alabama was driving with a chance to tie. Alabama held the lead for the majority of the game last night. Georgia just happened to make the plays when it mattered. And I didn't expect Stetson Bennett to be able to do it. I thought Alabama was going to be able to outplay Georgia in categories outside of just quarterback play at least to be able to give Bryce Young enough support I knew Georgia was capable of outplaying Alabama and every other parameter other than quarterback play and honestly I think if you go back and you watch the film of the national championship last night and you look at how Bryce Young played it wasn't perfect he did throw two interceptions he was affected by the pressure all night long but I thought he played an NFL caliber like performance He had little to no help out of the receiving core. Cameron Latu was the leading receiver with five catches for 102 yards. His top two targets go down with injury. Alabama's all of a sudden playing a receiving core of Treshawn Holden, Ajay Hall, Cameron Latu, Jalil Billingsley. Some of these guys you watched play last night, you were thinking, who? Who is that? We haven't seen them this year. Slade Bolden all of a sudden became the number one receiver last night for Alabama. There were times where I was watching last night, and I was like, where's Slade Bolden at? That is not the type of solace that teams should be looking for in their their third best wide receiver. That's not a place you want to be at. Any team would be decimated by that. And Alabama's got great talent and depth, but any team would be rocked by that at this stage. It's the national championship. Every player matters. And Georgia was the deeper and more healthier team. They won the war of attrition. And Alabama still almost won the game. But don't tell me, oh, Georgia won by 15. That was that pick six at the end. Kirby Smart was yelling on the sideline, go down. Alabama was driving to tie with a minute left. I thought Bryce Young played really well last night. 369 yards. Granted, he did throw the ball 57 times. But receivers went down. I thought he was making the throws. His receivers weren't catching the football. And sure, he did have a couple where he missed. And if he had those back and he threw it on the money and they were touchdowns, well, the game looks a little bit different. But the game also looks different if his leading receiver doesn't go down with an injury. If his offensive line can pick up pass protection a little bit quicker than the last two games of the season. Now, I say all that, I don't want to take anything away from what Georgia did last night. Georgia outplayed Alabama in every parameter of last night's football game from a statistical standpoint. Beat Alabama in the rushing column and beat them bad. This is an ugly difference. Georgia averaged 4.7 yards per carry. Take the sacks out of it. It's more like five and a half, six yards per carry on the ground. They had 140 rushing yards to Alabama's 30. Alabama had 30 rushing yards. Turnovers, they beat Alabama in that category. One turnover to two. Passing yards, although Stetson Bennett had over 100 less than Bryce Young, He had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Bryce Young had one touchdown, two interceptions. Stetson Bennett made just enough of the plays. Granted, there could have been a crippling 
turnover in the fourth quarter when Alabama retook the lead 18-13 to and he was the one where he fumbled it to the sideline. That could have been a game-sealing type of play, but he didn't let it be. He responded with two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. I was wrong about Stetson Bennett, at least in terms of the national championship game. Last night does not mean that Stetson Bennett's a better quarterback than Bryce Young, and nobody's saying that, but that's what makes sports beautiful. That is what makes sports beautiful. Is that not always does the favorite, not always does the better player always play like it. I mean, you couldn't script things like last night. Stetson Bennett, it, you know, is not a is not one of the top quarterbacks all time at Georgia. He is not, but he's going down in the history books as one of three Georgia quarterbacks to win a national championship. He is in elite company. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. He made the plays last night when it mattered, whereas Alabama was so beaten everywhere else that Bryce Young wasn't able to do it. They starved Bryce Young for help everywhere else, whereas Stetson Bennett had all the resources and all the help that he needed all around him on the field, and he made the plays when it mattered. Georgia national champions for the first time in 41 years. Feels strange to say that, but congratulations to the dogs. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Daw. We'll be right back. Back on on the line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Number to call 334-321-1390. We'll put you through during the commercial breaks. Be sure to call in 334-321-1390. Let's take a listen to the Radio Alabama Sports Minute. I'm Noah Gardner with your Radio Alabama Sports Minute. The Georgia Bulldogs end a 41-year drought after winning the college football playoff national championship over Alabama 33-18. With 10 minutes and 14 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, Alabama held an 18-13 lead over the Bulldogs following a Stetson Bennett turnover that led to the Alabama score. But it was Georgia who scored the remaining 20 points with Stetson Bennett tossing two touchdown passes and the final frame and Keeley Ringo taking the game-sealing interception to the house with under a minute to go. Bennett finished the going 17 for 26 for 224 yards and two touchdowns. The Georgia running game put up 140 total yards on 4.7 yards per carry and one touchdown credited to Zamir White who finished with 84 yards. For Alabama, Bryce Young finished 35 for 57 with 369 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. With Jamison Williams going down with an injury in the second quarter, it was tight end Cameron Latu who stepped up with some big plays in the passing game. Hauling in five catches for 100 two yards and a touchdown it's georgia's third national championship in program history buckle up for some exciting college basketball tonight number four auburn heads to coleman coliseum to play number 24 alabama at 8 p.m on espn with the tigers looking to get out to a 4-0 start in sec play i'm noah gardner and that's your radio alabama sports minute 
Coming up at 3.30 p.m., we will have Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com with us on the show. Christian will help us break down tonight's game in Coleman Coliseum as he's headed up to Tuscaloosa as well as some of the latest headlines in Auburn sports. Let's talk about what's coming up in college basketball tonight. All right, everybody, a look at college basketball this evening in the Southeastern Conference. South Carolina is at number 22, Tennessee, at 5.30 p.m. on SEC Network. Tennessee favored by 15.5 points. Last time I saw something like that, it was against Ole Miss last week, and that game went to overtime. And this South Carolina team, tricky, tricky, tricky. I'm not so confident that Tennessee wins this game by 15. I'm not sure if Tennessee's playing well enough right now as a team to beat anybody by 15 points. Tennessee 1-2 and two in the SEC. South Carolina at 1-1. One one. Odd that Tennessee could already fall to 1-3 and three in SEC play with a loss tonight. And what's so tricky about this game is that South Carolina's right now playing, they're playing good defensive basketball. And Tennessee's offense, sometimes it can go missing in action. Sometimes it can just completely disappear. It did last week against Ole Miss. It did this past weekend against LSU. Only scored 67 points against LSU, 66 against Ole Miss. I wouldn't be shocked if South Carolina limits them in that same range. The question is, can South Carolina find the offense against Tennessee? And I don't think they will be able to, but still, this is not going to be an attractive basketball game to watch from an offensive standpoint. Tennessee's in a pretty awkward spot here early on. Number 18, Kentucky is at Vanderbilt. Kentucky only favored by eight points on the road. And granted, weird place to play. This game's at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Vanderbilt's gymnasium is strange to play at. I understand that. But I don't know if Memorial Gymnasium is going to keep Oscar Shibway from having a big day on the road. And Kentucky's been good against teams that are clearly not in their same category from a talent perspective, but against the teams that they have played this year that are clearly good basketball teams and have talent in that same range, LSU, Duke, those teams have beat them. Kentucky, I don't think, will struggle here on the road tonight against Vanderbilt. I don't, I don't see anybody on Vanderbilt's team that's going to be able to manage Oscar Shibway. But Scotty Pippen Jr. can fill it up, and maybe he could be an equalizer tonight at home. Kentucky favored by eight. Once again, 6 p.m. ESPN. An under-the-radar game in college basketball tonight, 7.30 on SEC Network, Texas A&M. At 13-2, hosting Ole Miss, 9-5. Ole Miss trailing by four and a half on the line. They beat Mississippi State this weekend. I was shocked to see that result. I expected Mississippi State to win. And Ole Miss won by 10 at home. And now they're on the road to College Station. A&M coming off wins over Arkansas Georgia to open up conference play. Beat Arkansas by five this past weekend. Arkansas and three in SEC play. That's a shocker. Both of these teams, strong defensive teams. Which offense is going to be able to find the points when it matters? Right now, these two offenses are playing pretty well. Ole Miss has just kind of showed up after a lackadaisical and so-so non-conference schedule and non-conference performances. They've shown up in SEC play, ready to play, almost beat Tennessee, and then came and beat their rival last week on Saturday. A&M's 2-0. Fun game tonight. And then, of course, the headliner this evening is number four, Auburn against number 24, Alabama. I think this is the headliner in all of college basketball. 14-1, Auburn Tigers at 11-4, Alabama Crimson Tide, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Alabama favored by three. There's a reason why this game is on ESPN. ESPN's BPI has Alabama favored at 54.2%. And you look at the history of this game, the road team has struggled. 
Look at your leading scorers coming in tonight. Jaden Shackelford for Alabama with 16.3 points per game. Jamari Smith for Auburn, 15.5 points per game. Auburn been the better defensive team by almost 10 points per game, and they're only scoring two points per game less than Alabama. Fewer shots per game as well. Field goal percentage, Alabama has the edge, 46% to 45%. Rebounding, they have the edge by 0.8 of a rebound. Auburn averaging more assists by 0.3. These two teams are neck and neck. It's going to be a really good basketball game at Coleman Coliseum. National implications, I feel like, on the line for Auburn and Alabama this evening. Of course, there are some good games outside of the SEC as well in college basketball to keep your eyes on. Number 19, Texas Tech. Fresh off of an upset over Kansas over the weekend. They are 12-point dogs to the number one Baylor Bears. They're looking to do it again. That's at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. It'll tell you a lot when you look at some of these TV designations at how much ESPN values certain brands and fan bases. The fact that there's a top 20 matchup on ESPN2 tonight and Kentucky's playing Vanderbilt on ESPN, that'll tell you how much how, how many Kentucky basketball fans there are out there? It's not just Drake. Another game at 6 p.m., Pittsburgh-Syracuse. That's on ESPNU, too. Both of those teams below 500. Gone are the days of those teams running the Big East and the ACC. At 7 p.m., this is on Big 12 Network and ESPN+. Plus. Pay-per-view basketball, number 15, Iowa State. At number 9, Kansas. That's a fun one from a top 25, top 15 perspective. To the 8 p.m. time slot. Already mentioned the two SEC games around that time. You've got Oklahoma State against West Virginia at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. West Virginia at 12-2 this year. Still not ranked, and I don't think they've been in the top 25 yet. Oklahoma State fresh off of a 13-point win over Texas that dropped Texas heavily in the rankings. Texas now down to 21 after that blow-off loss, uh, at that blowout loss to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. 30 minutes left in the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We'll be back with you on the other side of this break with Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com. Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back. About 23 minutes left in the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Noah Gardner with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Fun show so far today. And if you missed any of it, go and find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Still talking about everything going on in the sports world. We've got... The national championship last night, we've talked about a lot of takeaways that happened in last night's national championship game with Georgia winning their first national championship in the last 41 years. It was a big moment for Georgia fans, and uh, it's been my contingency that I've talked about over the last six shows or so about how important it was that, you know, from an Auburn perspective, that Alabama win the national championship last night to prevent a little bit of a, a run by Georgia I'll be interested to see if um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how Georgia builds upon this from a recruiting standpoint. They're already doing excellent in the top three in recruiting rankings every single year. That's obviously put them in positions on a year in a year out basis to be national championship caliber. How does the perspective? How, how does the perspective of Georgia change 
from what happened, you know, from from moving from Georgia ing, if that's even a word we could use, is we we talked about Clemson ing, right? Like that was a thing before Clemson beat Alabama, won their first national championship, and Clemson failing on the national stage on a repeated basis. How does things change for Georgia moving forward? And they just did that with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Like what happens when one of their five star quarterbacks actually stick? Because Jake Fromm was horrible, and they had a chance to win with Jake Fromm. What happens when, like, you know, Vandergriff or, or or JT Daniels end up materializing, ended up sticking as a really, really good quarterback? Like, whatever has been holding them back mentally, what happens? Like, was Georgia Ing the new Clemson Ing, and then, and then now who's the next team? Is it going to be Texas A and Ming? Is that is that the next thing? Is is you know who who's the next team that needs to break through and get over the hump? We want to hear from you. Number to call, 334-321-1390. Who's the next team that on the national stage continues to fail on a regular basis, has teams good enough to compete for national championships? Who do you think that is? And who do you think is going to be the next team to break through? Not necessarily winning the national championship next year, but I'm saying one of the teams outside of the dynasties that could just be needing a breakthrough moment in the national landscape to be able to build off of it. We want to hear from you. Before we get Christian Clemente of armoredsports.com with us on the line, let's take a listen to What's On TV tonight. Hey, everybody, it's Noah Gardner with What's On Tonight. The final chapter of This Is Us continues on NBC at 8 p.m. Over on CBS, it's new episodes of FBI, FBI International, and FBI Most Wanted from 7 to 10. A new episode of Judge Steve Harvey airs on ABC at 7. In live sports, buckle up for some exciting college basketball tonight. At 5.30 on SEC Network, South Carolina heads to number 22, Tennessee. Moving to the 6 p.m. time slot, number 19, Texas Tech, fresh off upset and Kansas looks to take down the top team in the country and the Baylor Bears on ESPN2. On ESPN, number 18, Kentucky is at Vanderbilt. At 7.30 on SEC Network, Ole Miss is at Texas A&M. Moving to the 8 p.m. time slot, number four, Auburn heads to Coleman Coliseum to play number 24, Alabama, at 8 p.m. on ESPN, with the Tigers looking to get out to a 4-0 start in SEC play. I'm Noah Gardner, and that's what's on TV tonight. Back live on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. That was what's on TV tonight. Uh, doing that a little bit early here in hour number two as we now get Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com with us on for the next little bit here on the show as we get ready to close out. Christian, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing good. How about you, Noah? Doing really well. I hope you've got safe travels headed across the state to Tuscaloosa. Tell me, is this one of your first trips to Tuscaloosa? Uh, so I was actually there for the uh, the 2020 game where you'll remember number four Auburn went in to go play in Coleman Coliseum and got trounced pretty badly. So <laughs> uh, I think Auburn fans will hope for a different result this time, and I think it's reasonable to expect a different result this time. This is a totally different team. I think that team, while very talented and obviously while very good at 15-0, and was just not nearly as talented and as, as good as this team is. So take me through with this team going to Coleman Coliseum. Alabama's favored by three points going into tonight's game. They're at home. It seems like there's a lot of motivation on both sides of the basketball tonight for one of these two teams to win. But I've been talking for the last hour or so about why I feel like Auburn needs this win more. Do you agree with me, or do you think Alabama needs it more? Uh, I think with some of the losses that Alabama's racked up now, like with Mizzou and Davidson and stuff like that, Alabama might need the win a little bit more. 
um, because Auburn's you know three and zero now in SEC play, in a really good spot, probably in the driver's seat for the SEC uh, regular season title here. But obviously Auburn would like the win, and I think uh, you know I think Bruce they've had some struggles um, in Tuscaloosa, and I think they're really going to try and avenge that and come out with a big win today. What's the X factor tonight in Coleman Coliseum? You know, I think the X factor would probably be Auburn limiting the turnovers. Um, it was pointed out to me a couple of days ago by some of the other beat writers and stuff, just how many turnovers that Auburn has racked up through the first SEC game, first three. Um, so I think they're going to need to limit that. They cannot feed the ball away to Alabama. Um, Alabama typically does shoot pretty good at home. They've got some dangerous guards. They've got Noah Gurley as well. So uh, Alabama's a really dangerous team in Auburn. They can't make it easy on them, you know. These Alabama guards, you know, they have not dealt with a Zeb Jasper, Katie Johnson combo yet so far, though. So it'll be interesting to see how those talented guards, you know, your uh, Quinterly, Shackelford, J.D. Davison, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to Zeb and Katie. A player that I am looking out for tonight is Katie Johnson. Alabama has not been a good team in terms of transition defense. They exert a lot of energy in terms of offensive rebound and crashing the glass. That means guys aren't getting back. And Katie Johnson, he's only got one gear, and it's fast, very fast. And so what's kind of the vibe from this Auburn team as Katie Johnson had a breakout of a slump this past weekend against Florida? Yeah, I think that was huge for Auburn, just getting a little bit more confidence in Katie and, you know, just getting him comfortable. There was that couple-game stretch there. I'm trying to think of how many games it was, but there was just a point where Katie looked out of it, um, and he just was not the same. You're always getting really pretty solid defense out of him but you would love to get more offense out of him like you did against Florida, like you did against UConn, and really even just in that whole Bahamas tournament there. Um, so I think that was huge for KD to get a little bit more confidence. And the better he plays on offense, the more fired up he gets into the game, the better his defense gets, the more he gets the crowd into the game. So the better play you get out of KD, just the better the whole team is, and just the whole atmosphere for Auburn. Do you have a pick for tonight's game? Uh, I would probably favor Auburn. Um, I've been saying it for a little bit now that previous demons or issues that Auburn basketball has faced, you know, like Kermit Davis causing Auburn issues, um, going to South Carolina and struggling with Frank Martin teams, those get thrown out the window with this year's team and just how talented this this year's team is with Jabari, with Walker, Katie, Allen back now, Wendell Green coming into his own. So I would would lean Auburn, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Alabama, and I would also just – issue something to Auburn fans that the world isn't going to end if Auburn loses this game. Auburn could go 0-2 this week. This is a really tough week on the road for Auburn. And even if Auburn goes 0-2, they're not out of that SEC regular season title race by any means. That doesn't mean this team is any less legit than we think they are. But this team is going to hit a lull at some point and just probably need to be ready for it. And likewise, this league has kind of cannibalized itself early on. If Auburn were to win both of these games this week, Auburn's in pole position. I mean, it's not even close at that point. I think Auburn has, when they win tonight, Auburn will have separated itself onto a whole other floor in college basketball. Do you agree in that statement? Yes, I think so. Um, if Auburn goes, even if Auburn goes 1-1 one and one this week, it would be huge. But if Auburn goes 2-0 and oh with wins over Alabama and Ole Miss, I mean, Auburn's in the driver's seat for the SEC regular season title. Not by a landslide, but by a decent little bit there. So this is a huge, huge game tonight and can really get some more momentum for the team. Tonkin College Football now with Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com. Go and find all his great stuff there. He covers recruiting for Auburn's Rivals account. So, Christian, I want to ask you this. 
National championship game last night. Georgia wins. I've been talking about potential fallout for Auburn football based off of which team won this national championship. And Georgia, Auburn, you know, you want to talk about program prestige. Auburn was still a little bit closer to Georgia than Alabama's. But what is the potential fallout on the recruiting trail? From a recruiting perspective, you're on the ground for this kind of stuff. What's the potential fallout from an Auburn perspective now that Georgia has won a national championship for the first time in 41 years? Yeah, I mean, I think it just makes life tougher for Auburn. Um, we've seen recently that Alabama gets a lot of the really talented in-state guys. Clemson comes in and poaches them. Florida comes in and poaches them. Uh, and Georgia comes in and poaches them as well. And now that Georgia has a national championship under their belt, and Kirby can use that in recruiting, it becomes even more difficult for Auburn. Um, now, with that said, the 2023 class is loaded with talent in the state of Alabama. Um, and I think Auburn will be able to get at least a couple guys out of state. I mean, they already got one in Braden Joyner. So life definitely gets more difficult with Auburn, uh, with UGA winning for Auburn and recruiting, but it it doesn't change it massively. Um, Georgia's been a force in recruiting for a while now. So, Talking about recruiting with Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com. Christian, Auburn in the transfer portal right now. Of course, they brought in Zach Calzada. We'll talk about his transfer in a few moments, but where else is Auburn looking right now at quarterback in the portal, or is, has it gone kind of quiet there? Yeah, so Auburn, Auburn was pushing extremely hard for Caleb Williams, and they still are pushing really hard, but I think they're on the outside looking in from what I've been able to gather recently. Um, I think it's kind of down to South Carolina, or not South Carolina, Southern Cal in Georgia at this point, and those are the two teams to look out for with Auburn on the outside. Now, with that said, if Caleb Williams were to go to Georgia, you look at some of the potential fallout with a guy like a Brock Vandegriff or some other names there that could enter the portal, um, and you already saw USC, Jackson Dart left. Now I think Jackson Dart probably ends up at West Virginia following his offensive coordinator out there. But Auburn's still in pursuit of a second quarterback through the portal. Zach Calzada didn't change that. He never changed that. They like him a lot, and they think he could be the guy next year. But if there's a name in the portal that they decide they really want, they'll push for him, and they're going to go after it. As for other destinations that they're looking in the portal, they're looking at offensive line. They brought in Mason Brooks the Western Kentucky offensive lineman for a visit this past weekend. Um, and they're fighting really hard for him against Texas Tech. They're looking at the uh, the Cornell offensive line transfer, and he should be in for an official visit, I believe, the weekend of January 19th, um, something like that. He's in that weekend. Uh, they brought in Osiris Torrance, a Louisiana transfer offensive lineman, last week when Calzada was here. And then they also have um, a Louisiana transfer wide receiver in right now, and I believe he's leaving tomorrow. So, they're looking to get a couple offensive linemen, looking to get at least one, maybe two wide receivers through the portal. So as of now, it's very offensive-focused. Um, they did have DJ James for getting corner transfer in this weekend as well. So still defense a little bit, but offensive line, wide receiver, and then a second quarterback are kind of the main targets for Auburn through the transfer portal right now. If you're Zach Calzada, I assume you know that Auburn is looking for another quarterback. You you will have to have been on social media. You will have to have read something. I mean, like, you will have to have some type of hunch that Auburn's looking for another quarterback. So why Auburn if you know there's a chance that they can bring in somebody above your head? Yeah, I mean, I think Zach Calzada's bet in on himself a little bit. and He believes in what he can do, and he also thinks – I think he sees a really good opportunity to develop a little bit more under Brian Harson and Austin Davis. Um we don't know how well Austin Davis is going to work as a quarterback's coach in college football and as an offensive coordinator, but considering he was doing it in the NFL, I think he could end up being pretty successful. Um, and Brian Harson, he was combined with Mike Bobo a little bit, but Brian Harson and Bobo 
I mean, I think you saw Bo Nix take a step forward this year. Um, so he's betting on being able to improve himself. And, you know, even if they were to bring in, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's say even if they did bring in Caleb Williams, that comes out as saying, hey, I'll compete for the job and do my best to try and win the position. So I think bringing him in was good. Um, he's probably an upgrade over TJ Finley, at least by a little bit. And, um, you know, even if they're, if they're not able to go out and get somebody else to the transfer portal, he'll be a serviceable starter for them next year. Back to Caleb Williams. I know you're on social media and you probably see all the outrageous stuff out there surrounding Caleb Williams' recruitment right now. Uh, and, and I don't give a whole lot of credence to that stuff out there, but where's USC in that mix? I know you said that they're, that it's down to them and, and Georgia. Those two seem to be the favorites, but you know, kind of how is all that being juggled right now in the Caleb Williams camp? Yes, their, their camp is relatively quiet. They don't let a lot of information out, and these schools are really trying to keep it quiet as well. Um, Auburn has worked incredibly hard behind the scenes to put it together um, they've worked with like the Auburn NIL group, and they've done their absolute best to put together a really good package that could attract him to Auburn. Um, and you know, USC is doing the same. I've heard some absolutely astronomical numbers um, that Caleb Williams could be getting in terms of NIL deals if you were to go to USC or were to go to some of these other schools, including Auburn. Um, and so, it's it's a new era of college football. It's almost it's kind of a bidding war. Caleb Williams, I know he wants to go somewhere where he can get developed um, and work his way towards the NFL, but also wherever he goes, he's going to be getting a sizable NIL paycheck. And, of course, you're also waiting to see where he lands. It seems to me that there maybe won't be as much of a domino effect considering Jackson Dart's already transferring out of USC. JT Daniels was already gone much earlier than that, and Keaton Slovis as well. So all three of that, de- all three players in that depth chart for, for USC is gone. It doesn't seem like there's as much of a domino effect there at Southern Cal as there could be at Georgia if he were to transfer to the Bulldogs. Yeah, exactly. Um, if he were to transfer to Georgia, you would really be looking out for the the main name. And, you know, Auburn fans are familiar with it would be Brock Vandegrift. Um, grew up an Auburn fan and very familiar with Auburn. Ended up going to Georgia, but Georgia's talented. Um, at the quarterback room already um, with some other guys. You know, Gunnar Stockton is coming in as well. And then if they were to bring in Caleb Williams, you would really be looking out for him to potentially enter the portal and then Auburn to push really hard there. But, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I still think USC is probably the most likely landing spot for Caleb. Christian, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Tell everybody where they can find all your great content, my man. Yeah, so it's all over at AuburnSports.com and then along with on Twitter at CClemente underscore. Safe travels to Tuscaloosa, my man. Everybody check out Christian Clemente tonight as he's covering the ball game in Tuscaloosa. Christian, I appreciate it, my friend. Yeah, I'll talk to you now. That was Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com with us on the show. We'll be wrapping it up on the other side of this break. On the line on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM and ESPN 106.7. About four minutes left in the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Noah Gardner with you on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. If you missed any of today's show, go and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. To those of us listening in the future, how's it going? Hope you're doing well. What news has befallen you? 
Hope you're doing well out there listening to us on uh, on podcast or if you're listening to us here live on the show today. Just coming up in about seven minutes at 4 o'clock from 4 to 6 p.m. It'll be The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck with us for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Talked a lot today about the national championship game last night. Georgia went in their first in 41 years. Spoke with Christian Clemente of HombardSports.com as well as Jacob Hillman of WEGL 91.1 FM and the Auburn Jungle. A big basketball game tonight. Auburn headed to Coleman Coliseum in Tuscaloosa to take on the hated arch rival in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama favored by three points tonight. And that brings me into my final take. Final take. My final take tonight. Auburn needs this win more than Alabama. The Auburn fan base needs this more than Alabama's. Auburn's got some real national championship aspirations. Those don't end if Auburn loses tonight. Just because Auburn takes an L in Tuscaloosa does not mean that Auburn's not going to still be able to win the national championship in college basketball, but Auburn needs something. The Auburn fan base needs something to cheer about. And Auburn basketball has been that. Five-game losing streak in college football and then watching your two biggest rivals play the national championship game last night. Man, it would feel good if you could go into Tuscaloosa tonight and hang a 15, 20-point win on your rivals, which I don't think that's something that's going to happen this evening. I think it's going to be a very good basketball game, but any win at Tuscaloosa is going to feel good for the Auburn fan base that's clamoring for something to cheer about. So from a fan base perspective, they need it. Also, in terms of national respect, these are the types of games that the big boys win on a regular basis. Sure, sometimes they get upset. We saw that this past weekend with Kansas losing, Purdue losing, Duke losing. Yes, they do take losses occasionally throughout the season. But on a regular basis, they win the big ones. They beat the ranked teams on a regular basis. And if Auburn wants to be a one seed, I would much rather prefer Auburn to win this game than us about 15 games from now looking back Going into the SEC tournament thinking, man, I wish we could have had one of those back. Because that would have separated Auburn from being a one seed or being a two seed. These types of games at the end of the year in hindsight is 2020. Every game matters. Every game's important. And tonight is no different than that. Just because it's a rivalry game, uh, there's a lot baked into it. There's a lot baked into it. So that's my take tonight. Auburn needs it a little bit more than Alabama. Auburn can build itself a cushion to ride through this season and, and have a really special year in the SEC with a win tonight. This could be the type of momentum that carries Auburn to win against Ole Miss on Saturday in Oxford. Auburn keeps winning. They're going to keep building a nice little cushion against teams like LSU, Kentucky, and Alabama in the trailing pack. Arkansas is 0-3 at SEC play. Auburn can put themselves in a great spot to win the regular season championship. That's it for another edition of On the Line. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place. You know where to find us.